This is Pamela Kuhn, and the curtain is up on Center Stage, the show about the arts and the artists behind their work. Today, I have the pleasure in interviewing one of my own singers. Uh, My own, meaning that I teach this young man who possesses a voice that is golden, just as you've heard in, in that beautiful rendition of The Ash Grove. You know, it is always my joy to instruct, celebrate, and mentor the talent of our tomorrows. But in the case of baritone Felix Kemp, it is an easy joy and a rewarding job. Felix Kemp was born in southern England in Kent. He is a recipient of the first prize in the Elizabeth Schumann Leader Competition, and his awards include prizes in the London Song Festival British Art Song Competition and the John Kerr Award for English Song. He has received praise for his superb baritone sound in opera, gramophone, The Guardian, The Times, and opera today, just to name a few. He has recently finished recording the role of Juan in Joseph Fibb's opera, Juliana. And I am sure that it will receive the same rich accolade that his earlier role of Perrault in Ethel Smy's opera, Fête Galant, garnished when Opera Magazine referred to him with the following... Of the soloists, I was most taken with the baritone Felix Kemp, whose Pierrot and his sardonic little songs are spellbinding. Well, despite the pandemic, Felix has persevered to perform with the Royal Scottish National Orchestra with Schubert songs orchestrated by Brahms and the Momentum, Our Future Now initiative, singing with baritone Roderick Williams. The future bodes bright for Felix Kemp. In a few days, he will be performing with the Royal Opera House pianist Mark Packwood in a recital of The Songs of Travel by Ralph Vaughan Williams. If I can take the words from one of those songs from that cycle, I think this describes Felix the best. Bright is the ring of words when the right man rings them. Fair the fall of songs when the singer sings them. Well, Felix Kemp is that singer, ladies and gentlemen, and it is my pleasure to introduce him to center stage this morning. Felix, you come to us from the south of England right now. Welcome to center stage. Tell me, how fares the beauty of the land you are in right now? Thank you so much, Pam, and and thank you for that amazing introduction. I'm I'm very well, thank you, and uh, it's a little overcast today, but it's still green and verdant and uh, looking beautiful as always. You know, I know you're a lover of the English countryside, just as you are a lover of English song. Uh, they really go together, don't they, Felix? Yeah, I think, you know, um, when you look at the output of Ivor Gurney, for example, and composers of that era, they, they missed home so much when they were away, uh, uh, you know, serving in, in the Great War. Um, and the, the affection that they had for their country and, and what it meant to them, it's, um, it's all sort of wrapped up in the music from that time. It is, and it really is the preservation of folk tunes as well, isn't it? Of course. I mean, the song you just heard, the Ashgrove, um, oh, I was thinking of another song, The Trees They Grow So High, I realized um, Rayform Williams um, discovered it and recorded a, a pub landlord somewhere in uh, Sussex, I think, you know, they went out and found these folk tunes and wanted to preserve them uh, for generations to come. It's all sort of wrapped up in the culture of the, the the British Isles. It is. It is totally. And we have Ralph Vaughan Williams to thank for that, don't we? Uh, yeah, well, we have a lot to thank him for. I mean, he was uh, a huge supporter of 
uh, of younger composers and con- contemporary composers to him. And um, um, yeah, we owe a lot, uh, a great debt to that man. Yes, we do. And we owe a great debt to you, too, as an artist. I mean, I understand that you have, in fact, in the last 48 hours, just finished two concerts with bass baritone Roderick Williams, who's very well known in the UK. Um, tell us, how were the performances? I mean, we, we, we don't really know yet in the UK what the situation is um, with the remainder of COVID. Did you have a healthy yeah. audience? We did. We had an amazing audience, especially last night. I can't tell you. We were in St. Albans Cathedral, this mm. amazing space with these huge Norman arches that are over a thousand years old. And an unbelievable turnout of audience, all masked and sort of socially distanced in, in groups, um, right the way to the back, you know, further than you would expect uh, the clarity of, of just voice and piano to carry in such a huge space. And especially given the fact that last night there was a rather important football match happening (laughs) and all these people came out in these droves. And I gather that they had also been offered refunds on those tickets because the concert was um, postponed from last year Mm -hmm. due to the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And they had all refused the refunds because the demand to come to the concert was so high. Um, That was a really beautiful thing. And the atmosphere was electrifying and no one coughed. Um, normally in concerts, especially at the, the BBC proms at the Royal Albert Hall, you hear coughers and things. But at the moment, I suppose, you know, people don't want to risk coughing because, you know, they would, um, people would be scared and, and concerned. So you're, you're the, bringing the atmosphere up, wow. was really... Yeah, you're bringing up an obvious and really profound point. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think that um, if anyone was coughing in any group of people, um, people would be moving quite quickly, wouldn't they? Exactly. Yeah. Um, but it's true. That's <laughs> such a good point you bring up. My gosh. So people are hungry for music. They're hungry for live music. And and I know the Maybe. situation in England, the UK, you're they are so supportive of the arts. And here you are battling this huge World Cup final, you know, with England and Italy. <laughs> you told me before the concert that, you know, you expected people in the audience to be looking at their cell phones to see what the score was. Yeah. But they were glued to well, you as performers. Well, we had Roger Williams, who's this fantastic singer and communicator, um, you know, really conveying the meaning uh, to the audience in front of him and, and the audience is wild, understandably. And with his um, long-time accompanist, Susie Allen, they, they, um, they sang together uh, a few years ago at the Kathleen Ferrier competition in London and they've remained duo partners ever since and they have a great synergy. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. it's a program that I think he's lived with for quite some time, these songs that really mean a lot to him as well. Um, including the songs of travel and and songs by Peter Warlock and Ivor Gurney and and the the, the Benjamin Britten uh, folk song arrangements as well. Roderick Williams is quite an established artist and and a wonderful singer and composer and now a turning conductor, right. which is quite interesting. He's been decorated by the Queen, but yet. He is the nicest guy in the world, and he turns around and he plucks you out of the group to join him on the stage, which I think is a, a wonderful show of collegiality. Exactly. Um, the initiative Momentum, um, Our Future Now, was created uh, in the middle of the pandemic by Canadian soprano and, and conductor Barbara Hannigan um, to give opportunities to emerging artists 
who, as a result of the pandemic, and like everyone else, lost lost all their their, their work in their mm-hmm. diaries, mm-hmm. but to give more established artists the opportunity to let uh, emerging artists through and join them on on the performance platforms. How fabulous! And, and Roger, Roderick um, talked about that to the audience and and explained that you know he was completely on board with the idea and and it was his idea to to find singers to join him. That is simply fantastic, and I'm so happy to hear this and so glad you were a part of it. So tell me this right now, because I know you have the memory of that concert. You did your final concert last night. It's still close to your heart. Tell me, Mm -hmm. what is the best thing about being a professional singer? Well, you you anticipated my answer. Really, it's live performance, and and there is really nothing like it. The, the, The moment... I mean, of course, at this time when everyone needs to social distance and and remain safe, recordings are helpful. And, um, recordings can be incredibly useful resources and, and wonderful things in their own right. But a live performance, a moment in time that that passes like life, um, it can be some of those moments that make life worth living. Um, and, and you talk about the need for for live performance. I mean, it's there. The, the numbers of people were there. They wanted to hear. They wanted to be um, moved and, and touched by the music and, and the poetry. So um, for, for me, it's that. And, and if you are lucky enough to have those moments um, of electrifying energy or, or, or a moment when the song closes and there's, you know, no one can breathe for, for five seconds, mm. and those, those are golden moments. And even... Last night, for example, it was Roddy's idea to to split the the last song of the the six uh, Butterworth songs uh, of the settings of A. E. Hausman's uh, Shropshire Lad, and the last song is is a conversation uh, between the dead voice of a soldier that's that's gone and and a living soldier, and mm. it was Roddy's idea that I would sing the the dead soldier and he would answer me from the living soldier, and. When the voices stop, it's already a very moving uh, exchange. There's this deep octave uh, note, just a single note in the piano, and the subtext of that one note, mm-hmm. like the door is closing, but it just the, the door has closed, and, and there's the answer. It's, it's really powerful when that happens. Okay, I'm getting a, a free song with you explaining this right now. How, how exciting. You know, we need to remember that, especially in English songs, so many of these these pieces were written during the time of the Great War and when there were so many losses in the UK. Um, and these songs speak to that, I mean, just as you're explaining so well. But how clever of you guys. That must have been riveting on stage. Wow. So, you know, we, we know you're a born performer, Felix. Um, now, what is the most difficult thing about being a professional singer? Or do we have time for that? <laughs> <laughs> There's a very long list. So, um, what well, best to say? But I think every project comes with its its own difficulties and and stresses and fears um, and sort of disciplines. I mean, for one thing, memorization can be even you know at, at any stage. Um, if I mean, it's different in opera where you get the chance in rehearsals to go over things many times and it becomes ingrained and that brings a freedom of its own. But in a sort of in a recital format, for example, the memorization in a strophic song, the way you're able to link the thoughts through and not lose your place or suddenly go off course, 
uh, can be extremely stressful. Mm-hmm. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. That's just one example. <laughs> what about what about the discipline? You know, it it needs to to, yeah. to maintain a career even during the time of the pandemic. You know, how how is your discipline? Your self discipline. Well, um, I think from my earliest singing lessons, you know, the, the value of, of practice and keeping things going, even if it's just, you know, 10 minutes of a vocalist in the shower per day or something, <laughs> just to keep it going. Because, okay, you can go out and you, you, you do a warm-up and you think, oh, well, that wasn't very good. And you have to let go and say, it's okay, it was today, I was tired, or I didn't eat well, or I didn't sleep well or something. And then mm. you come back to it the next day and you do another vocalist. Oh, okay, I completely forgot that I wasn't thinking of this element, the tongue or the, the space or the breath or, 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 you know, whatever it was or mm-hmm. the head or the jaw. And then you feel the result of having done something yesterday. It's, it's sort of um, muscle uh, stamina building and, um, and just keeping it ticking and ready to go. And um, as you and I found, we were um, amazingly fortunate to have had singing lessons um, in March. I think it was we had um, a weekly lesson. Uh, over two weeks and the following week this uh, opportunity came out of the blue to perform Schubert Lieder which I adore in orchestrations by Brahms of which I wasn't aware with the Royal Scottish National Orchestra um, at about 12 hours notice (laughs) and thank goodness we had those lessons because the the, the voice was sort of a last concern that okay well I know that my voice is working fine we've had the lessons we've had the sort of checkup I'd had a haircut a few days before you were ready oh yeah yeah, (laughs) the only question was getting up there which is Mm -hmm. in in Glasgow and 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 that that happened there were trains and of course it was COVID protected we had to wear masks and and do the the tests but it happened and and I'm so grateful for that opportunity to sing with an orchestra after the past year was Unbelievable. And you were brilliant in that concert, Felix. And I really appreciated, you know, your your grit. Let's call it grit. You know, you persevered. You got up there. You, you were prepared. You were a total professional. And it, it pays off in droves. You know, I understand that you also have a concert coming up with the wonderful Mark Packwood, who I introduced at the beginning of the show. He's a pianist at the Royal Opera House, a very esteemed man. And he... Uh, the two of you are, are great comrades uh, together in performance, and I believe you're going to be able to wallow in English song all night. And I'd like to play one of the pieces that you are about to perform. This is the wonderful song Sleep by the composer Ivor Gorney. Now this is baritone Felix Kemp with pianist Gamal Kamis.
Everyone, those are the dulcet tones of baritone Felix Kemp in the, the really hypnotic song, Sleep, by Ivor Gurney. You know, Felix, um, Ivor Gurney has had a renaissance of late, and he's a man who suffered tremendously in the war. What does this song mean to you? Well, I think it's a pretty universal song. Um, the text speaks of, of, of wanting just some little joy uh, to bring him peace and solace in a moment of dark desperation. Um, I mean, the, the text is is, is um, rather old, and and yet Gurney said it from his own circumstance of of suffering, um, stress and and loss and grief mm-hmm. um, after the war. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I think everyone over the last year can mm-hmm. can empathize with that in fact that recording we made just in march last year before the lockdown all of our worlds were turned upside down mm-hmm. uh the numbers were coming out i mean first we saw um how bad the situation was in italy and and i think within a few days we had lockdown here mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. so yeah there's there was fear and and unknowing and how would we have known how different things would be so in a, point, in yeah. a similar way, we felt we were at war. I mean, everyone in the world, you know, with the disease. And especially for the world of performers, which I'm always raising for my listeners, you know, this awareness that overnight um, livelihoods and jobs were gone. You know, you're a singer on the rise. And for those of you on the way up, this was critical. You know, your work was being recognized in a healthy, this is the guy to watch kind of way. And suddenly the stage was jerked from underneath you. I mean, you were just about to make your main stage debut with the Royal Opera House at Covent Garden and then COVID. How, how, did you right. deal, how did you deal with this momentous effect on your career, on your psyche, you know, on, on this self-discipline that we need as artists? Well, I think um, it's a sort of inner fate, isn't it, to keep going? I mean, mm. every, everyone was in the same boat, so... It re- it's it's difficult to know because we're still coming out of it, but mm-hmm. um, it's a sort of um, within myself. I know that you know things had got to a certain level that when things would hopefully restart, they would at some point hopefully at least reach that level or go beyond. Mm-hmm. Um, we had to take time, as, as I said, everyone was in the same boat, and and to try and appreciate. Um, and, and just to be safe and um, look out for each other and stay stay at home. That was the message. 
um, and and a, yeah. Can I ask? Was it hard for you? Was it difficult for you to keep singing? You know, while you were at home in the deepest and darkest times of the pandemic. I mean, you know, you kept your dream alive by work, by your own, by your own practice singing for yourself. Well, that's a good question. I mean, lots of things started to go, and then everything went, and there was probably a month or a bit more where I didn't sing at all. Mm-hmm. Um, which mm-hmm. I think is, you know, fairly common, I imagine. Yes, it um, is. And with, without the promise of, of when the next performance will be, one loses the, the momentum, quite literally, that, that one needs mm-hmm. to keep going. I mean, mm-hmm. you say you have a project and you want to present this song cycle, you want to prepare something, but if you don't have the, situa- you don't have the opportunity to even do so, you, you, you talk about discipline, it's, it's quite difficult to, to really push that through i think when you know so much has happened to you so much is lost mm-hmm. that you think oh it, it's so easy to get despondent and think this is just futile and mm-hmm. um why did i choose such a career <laughs> that at this time it's just, right you know the arts is gone the arts is shut down and it was closed and yeah but the arts are never gone, Felix, and you're keeping you're keeping the flame alive. This is really important for the future. Tell me, mm-hmm. just tell me honestly, was there a moment that you wanted to walk away from singing and maybe pursue another career during the last Not year and a half? Not for a moment. Ah, <laughs> I, I love yes, that. No way. But I think it's because <laughs> of what goes before that that spurs you on. <laughs> and it sounds arrogant, but if you listen to a recording of yourself to just feel, oh, yeah, I was capable of doing something that had an effect on an audience. And um, I have to say, I received an email uh, about a month ago from uh, a very kind lady I'd stayed with back in 2018 uh, when I was doing um, an opera in, um, near the South Coast. And and one of my videos from a performance that I'd shown to her at the time, she said she still watches it and it still moves her and she Aww. shares it with her friends. And, and that... What you do, wherever it is, at any moment, you know, whatever might be going through your life at the time, but if it can move someone and it leaves a, a lasting effect that, you know, transcends, you know, it's been a year since the pandemic and, it, and it's brought her comfort in that time. And I think that uh, really gives meaning to what it is that we, that we do. Absolutely. How inspirational. I love it that you shared that. That's what, that's what music and art is about, isn't it? Um, right. So... Let's say we come back, we bounce back quickly. What would be your dream operatic role for yourself right now? Well, I would love a Papageno anytime soon. And I think I will have one next spring for Oxford Opera. Very exciting. Um, Fingers crossed it goes ahead. Um, Just because it's, you know, such a great character and and something to really get your teeth into. Mm I have to say, I would also love to sing both the roles of Sweeney Todd and Mrs. Lovett as well. Uh, <laughs> in another world. In another, maybe you'll put that production on soon when you're, when you're quite famous. You can do whatever you want. Oh, I love that. Both yeah, roles. I, but these dark and edgy characters, you know, we, we did this um, fantastic production of La Calisto at Longbra, and, and it, was, it was an extreme version of uh, violence and and darkness, and and then this sort of beautiful music. Um, Yeah, these sorts of ideas. You relished that role, didn't you, of Jove? You you really pulled that off well. (laughs) Well, we we have this, at the end of the opera, there's this really long uh, musical passage for for Jove or Jupiter to sing. 
and we were trying to make head and tail of it. And um, the arrangement that we had was quite a, a funky new one with accordion and a drum kit. <laughs> and we decided to turn it into this sort of weird dance. And I was wearing this outrageous uh, glittery green and pink sequins suit. And Fabulous. it turned into this horrifying dance of uh-huh. this person in power. Macabre. Violence was being committed on stage behind him. And the director, this fantastic director, Matilda Lopez, uh, idea was that the audience would be sort of smiling and terrified at the same time. <laughs> and I think you did it. Who said that opera is boring? You know, this is the new face of opera and, and you're the voice of the future and this is where it's exciting. Hey, listen, we've only got a, a minute here and I want to know one thing. What do you do for fun? And it's not fair to say that you sing. What What do you do in your off time? Oh, that's a good question. Um, well, I have some plants. I do a bit of running. Um, and you like your photography. <laughs> I love photography. Uh, I love to travel. Um, my partner's Italian. And um, uh, last summer, we were lucky enough to get out to Italy. And, and we ended up spending six weeks there. And we did a sort of North Italian tour, which was unbelievable. And we went to Pavarotti's house. And we saw where they made balsamic vinegar in Modena. Uh, we went to Venice, which was unbelievable. So we were extremely fortunate in you know, in the context of, of so much awfulness well, listen, um, to have, have been able to do that. Oh, it, it's so great to hear from you. It's so great to hear your inspiring words. And we have to thank you for your marvelous voice and that passion, Felix Kemp. It's with artists such as you that music will forge on, for the young especially. And I'd like everyone to go to felixkemp.com for more information on this compelling young artist. And while you're there, I hope you'll visit me at centerstagewithpamelacoon.com. Felix, thank you so much for offering your voice today and your words. It has meant so much to me. My pleasure. Thank you so much, Pam. All right, everyone. Stay safe out there. This is Pamela Kuhn, and the curtain is now down on Center Stage.